I'm just going to ask for five minutes of your time. The Bible says that God calls his house the house of prayer. And there's a lot going on in the world. I want to read your scripture and then we're going to pray for some trouble in the world. Psalm 122 verse 1. I never connected these verses, so I'm going to read the whole psalm. It's only nine verses. But I've always heard the first verse, which says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But it goes a little further, it says, and now here we are standing inside of your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel the Lord's people make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks in the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and for the sake of my friends, I will say, may Jerusalem have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord, called Pentecostal Tabernacle, our God, I will seek what's best for Jerusalem. There's a lot going on in Israel and in Gaza. And we're not here taking Besides, what we're here saying is that God says to pray for peace in Jerusalem. Amen. And we don't want to get caught up in feelings and in politics, but we do want to be connected to what the word of the Lord says. And yet, there are other places that are in trouble in this world. I said there are other places. There is not only Israel, but there is, as I said, Pal Palestine, Gaza, and the West Bank. There's Ukraine still happening, Russia, Sudan, Burkina Faso, Mali, Mozambique, Nigeria, Somalia, Democratic Republic of Congo, Taiwan, uh, not Taiwan, yeah, Taiwan. Philippines, Vietnam, China, North Korea, Kosovo, Serbia, Armenia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Afghanistan, the world earthquakes, people are still suffering. Are you hearing me, folks? Yemen, children are starving there. Myanmar. Burma, where millions of people have been displaced because of civil war. Burundi, thousands of people are missing. Libya, there's still a flood there where 21,000 people are either dead or missing. Francophone, African countries with the dictatorships that are ruining people's lives. Haiti, there's still it's amazing, once the American woman got, got found, you don't hear anything about Haiti anymore. 
yet people are still suffering from violence and kidnapping. And then there is still the people who were in Maui who 130 people were either dead or missing from the great fire. There's a lot of trauma and trouble in the world. And I want us to just take a minute just to pray. You want to say, I don't know how to pray. Just say, God help these people, these countries. Could you do just that for 30 seconds to a minute? Let's just pray right now. And just open our mouths and say, God, help these countries. And some of the countries I didn't even mention that you know about. There is trouble in the earth. And I'm going to ask Sister Simone to come, and she's just going to wrap this up for us in prayer. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness. We need your mercy, Lord. Only you can satisfy. Only you can make a difference. We need your Holy Spirit. We need your grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the nations of the world, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you care about the nations, God. Jesus, you died for each and every one of us. And God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you see, God. You see what is happening in this world. God, we bring our hearts and our emotions to you, God. Because, Lord, what we see in, in the news, Lord, what we hear, what we know personally, Lord, it's causing a lot of us, Lord God, to feel depressed and overwhelmed. But, God, we pray. Lord, we pray, Lord God. We repent for being distracted, God. But we focus, God. We focus on your peace. We call your peace over the minds of every person, Lord. Every person, God. Every person that is seeing these things, Lord, that is seeing the atrocities, that, are, that their families are going through these atrocities and hurt. God, we pray. We pray for peace for our minds and our emotions. We pray for peace, Lord God, a peace that passes all understanding. will guard our hearts and our minds. God, we pray for peace. We pray for peace, God. We think of our leaders. God, you said we should pray for our leaders so we can have peaceful lives. God, we pray, Lord God. We pray, Father God, for wisdom. What too many, Lord God, are making decisions just based on what they feel, Lord, their anger, their bitterness, their hurt, what they think they should be doing, and not enough people are seeking you and saying, what should I do as the leader of this country? What should I do as the leader of this community? What should I do? What should I do? I pray, God. We beseech you, God. Too many people are making decisions based on what they feel, God. But we need you, Lord God, to step in leadership. We need you to come in, Lord. Kings and leaders and presidents and prime ministers and, and, and members of parliament, God. We need, Lord, silence, Lord. Silence all of the other people and let them hear you. When David was trying to go get his people, Lord God, he asked, shall, shall I go? When Solomon was asking, when Saul was asking, the king Jehoshaphat was asking, Lord, he asked, what should we do, God? When, Lord, I pray that leaders will be humble, Lord God, to come before you, God, to come before you to ask, what should I do? What should I do? Jesus, we pray, we pray that they will seek you, Lord, that they will choose peace and godly wisdom. 
Lord, we need wisdom in, in, in power, God. We need people who are w wise, Lord, God, have godly wisdom in leadership, God. We need, their, we need you, God. And God, we think of, of nations, God. Jesus. Lord, you weeped over Jerusalem, God. So many of us are weeping over nations, God. Jesus, mercy. Mercy, God. Mercy, God. Mercy, God. Mercy, God. We pray mercy, God. We pray mercy. We pray mercy over the countries of this world, Lord. We pray mercy, God. Mercy. Too many children, too many young men, too many, too many families are being displaced. Mercy, God. Mercy, God. Too many people are missing. Mercy, God. Too many, God. Mercy. We pray mercy, God. When we don't know what to pray, we pray mercy. When we know what to pray, we pray mercy, God. When we're not sure, we pray mercy. Mercy, God. Mercy, God. And Lord, I pray for the body of Christ, God. I pray that we will not choose take sides that you don't agree with, God. I pray that even as the sons of Issachar, that you will raise us up to be modern-day sons of Issachar, children of Issachar, Lord, that they will know the signs, they will know the seasons, they will know what to do, how to do things, God. They will know where to go. Because, Lord, we need you. We need the body of Christ to stand up. We need the body of Christ to pray. So burden our hearts, Lord. Burden our hearts for the people. Burden our hearts, Lord God, for the situations that we see. Burden our hearts, God. Because, God, you said, you said in your word that when we see all of these things happening, disasters, violence, and all of these things, you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. Then you will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. Jesus, Lord, burden our hearts to pray, God. Burden our hearts, God, so that we can see, God, see your will, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we say, let heaven come on this earth. Let heaven come on, these pe on the peoples of this world. Let heaven come. And you be glorified, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Well, before you take your seat, could you turn to the person next to you and tell them it's good to be in church with you. It's good to be in church with you. As my wife said earlier, uh, this week begins the Ruach Conference. It is a conference for uh, young adults. And we just uh, invite you to join us. With, we're joining with three other churches. Uh, and it's going to be really exciting. So especially targeting those between the ages of 12 and 42. And it's going to be fantastic. So it's not just our church. It's going to be a church full of young adults. And we're excited. So please uh, prepare yourself to be a part of that.
John chapter 4, verses 15, 16, 17, 18, 25, and 26. And John chapter 16, verses 5, 6, and 7. Reading from the King James Version. If you love me, Jesus said to his disciples, his apostles, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. That he, that is his comforter, may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because the world sees not this comforter. And the world doesn't even know who he is. But you know him, for he not only dwells with you, but he also shall be inside of you. Jesus goes on to tell his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the comforter who is the Holy Ghost, who the Father shall send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have told you. John 16, verse 5. But now I'm going away to the one that is the Father who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I just told you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I want to, I want to speak to you again on the subject, reintroducing the Holy Spirit, part two. In this series or in this story, the context is that in the chapter before, John chapter 13, it is what we would refer to as the Last Supper, where Jesus is dining with his disciples, the 12 apostles, and in the next 20 to 21 hours, he is going to be executed as a criminal. And so we have Jesus who is, he is washing the disciples' feet, serving them, and as he is washing their feet, you gotta remember that not only is he washing John's feet, but he's even washing and serving Judas, who he knows is about to betray him. <laughs> that, that's a tough one to swallow. Can I, can I wash, can I serve somebody who I know has betrayed me? He then goes on to say to them, after washing Peter's feet, who's going to deny him three times, Judas' feet, who's going to betray him, 
And then the other 10 who are going to abandon them, he says to them, I'm creating a new commandment. And the new commandment I'm creating is that you love each other as I have loved you. And what kind of love did Jesus have for them? He went to the cross to die for them. So now in verse 14, they're feeling discouraged. They're still trying to figure out who is the person that's going to betray Jesus. And Jesus says to them, it is, I'm going to be leaving you. Now you've got to understand that they've been walking with Jesus for three, three and a half years, and nobody has loved these men like Jesus. They've seen Jesus do amazing miracles, open blind eyes. They've seen him open the ears of the deaf so that they can hear. They've seen him heal paralyzed people so that they can walk. They've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. They've seen Jesus heal people who had leprosy, skin disease that caused them to be banished from the community. They've seen Jesus feed thousands of people. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen Jesus do cast out demons. People who were diseased mentally, they've seen Jesus heal them. And Jesus has the nerve to say to them, it is expedient that I go away and that I'm going to send you another comforter. In other words, I'm going to send you somebody who will replace me. Now, because we have read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, we know what he's talking about. But imagine they're sitting there saying, what do you mean you're going to send another comforter? And that word another doesn't simply mean, like we say, oh, I have another bottle of soda. Right? No, he, this word another, it is a Greek word, alos, and it, and it means another of the same. One that's just like me. I'm going to send another one who's similar to me. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to send you, you already know me as God, the Son of God. I'm going to send you another God, but this God is going to be better. Okay, that's interesting. Now, understand when he says I'm going to send another God, he's not saying I'm sending a different God. I'm sending the same God, but he's just in a different form. So, for example, we know this as water. But we also know that this water, as a liquid, can also become ice, which is solid. And we also know that if we put this ice in a frying pan or a pot and put water on it, the water will also, or the ice will also turn into steam or vapor. So here you have these three elements of water, ice, and steam, 
and yet they're all H2O. So we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they're all still God. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you another God, but the same God. Are you with me so far? And it is expedient, which means other translation says, it's to your advantage that I leave. It is better for you that I leave. It is the best thing for you that I leave. It is a good thing, a God thing, that I'm actually leaving you. It's beneficial that I leave. I like this translation. It speeds things up for you that I leave. Because if I don't leave, the comforter will not come. This word comforter is, has a few different translations. It, it is the Greek word parakletos, which means one who is called alongside to help me or to encourage me. It is a word used of a legal assistant who pleads a cause or presents a case. This word comforter, are you with me so far? This word comforter, are you with me so far? This word comforter is also translated in other versions of the Bible. It is translated, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a person who would advocate for you. I'm going to send you an intercessor. I'm going to send you a counselor. I'm going to send you a strengthener. I'm going to send you one who will stand by you. I'm going to send you a companion, a helper, a friend, a divine helper, a helper in court. I'm going to send you somebody. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is for us is that for so long, we looked at the Holy Spirit in terms of symbols that describe him. So, for example... We know the Holy Spirit is compared to fire, but he is not fire. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if you believe in me, John chapter 7, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit is compared to rivers, but he's not a river. The Holy Spirit is compared to a dove, but he's not a dove. The Holy Spirit is compared to a lot of symbols and a lot of things but he is not a symbol or a thing. For example, when my wife was younger, maybe still now, uh, she, she was a fast runner. So I may say, Carmen runs like a gazelle, but she is not a gazelle. And so we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Are you with me? Uh, and, and what I'm hoping will happen is that by the end of this month, when you see the Holy Spirit as a person, he will do more in your life than you could have ever imagined. 
Because there's no sense in me talking about the Holy Spirit and you feel good and like, wow, that was a great sermon, but your life not change in the, in the way you now relate to him. He is not only a person who has feelings. We'll talk about this another time. He can be grieved. He can be told to shut up, better known as quench in the spirit. He can be made, he can rejoice and be happy for what things are, what things are happening. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not simply only a person. The Holy Spirit is God. If you knew, not here, but in here, that is God is living inside of you in the manner of the Holy Spirit, you and I would behave differently. There are no online courses for swimming. You, you, I'll let that settle in. I don't care if your avatar looks like Michael Phelps and you're doing this. I don't care if you have surround sound where the water is swooshing and you have 4K to the point that it actually looks exactly like water. You are not swimming. You swim when you get in water and get wet. And my point is that you can only walk with, I can tell whether you're walking with the Holy Spirit or not based on how you respond to trouble. There's a book that we're going through with the, uh, the, the younger staff, millennial Gen Z staff. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and it's by a man by the name of Peter Scazzaro. And basically, he says this, I know how mature or how spiritual you are, watch this, this is a deep word right here, by how you handle conflict. How you handle conflict is the measurement of how healthy you are emotionally. If you blow up every time you have conflict, you are emotionally immature. It is quiet in this church already. Higher, high, great Jehovah. Oh, we talking real now. Well, I don't yell. Watch this. I, I've done, look, I've been married 40 years. I've, I've done it all. The silent treatment. Tell your neighbor, say, he's talking about you right now. See, you... You call it self-control. But I wasn't born yesterday. How many of you, okay, look, can, I, I need a chair up here just so that I can, I can do like Joan, Joan Rivers used to say, can we talk? How many of you, okay, and we're, and we're, in, we're in the house of the Lord, and I'm looking at all of you. How many of you have used silence as a weapon? 
I remember when I was in my 20s and I, and I realized how, how deadly silence is. And I remember I would, thank God he really got a hold of my life. I would be in a group of young people and I would look at maybe like the prettiest girl and I would just sit there and stare. And so this would be her response. Uh, the children don't do this at home. God would not be pleased. Uh, and so they'd be like. What, what are you looking at? And I just look like this. Stop. You're making me uncomfortable. Tell him to stop. Why is he looking at me? And the more agitated, the more I will weaponize. And then the Lord got a hold of me. But that's, yeah, everybody's clapping like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but that's not a sign of, you see, the devil will dupe you into thinking, well, you've, you're self-control. No, you're just weaponizing. Your silence. Ooh, it's quiet in this church already. Because you thought you were under control. I ain't just going to say nothing. Oh. The ability to, to have a conversation. To Jesus, God said it this way. Come let us what? Reason together. So next time you get in an argument and someone gives you the silent treatment... It's not a sign of emotional health. Thank you. Because I'm going to tell it. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, when he comes, he's not simply going to be with you He's going to be inside of you. And when God puts you in situations that seem horrible, situations that seem impossible, it is really, in some ways, like Job, to test how real God is in your life. Because the Holy Spirit, and I'll talk about this next week, he comes with strength. And there's some of you, there used to be a song that uh, folks used to sing. Uh, some of you remember, How I Got Over? How I Got Over? My soul, my, my mind and emotions wonders how I got over. In other words, how many of you have been through some hell and you're wondering, how, how did I make it? Come on, can I talk? How, how did I make it through? Some of you, your childhood, the, the abuse. No, how, no again, I, my wife shared when, well, a few years ago how she was sexually abused. And, and, and I look at her and say, how, how, how did you make it through that? 
And, and this is the thing I'm saying. Sometimes we're taking credit for the keeping power of God. In other words, if God wasn't with you, you would have never made it. If God wasn't with you, you would have probably taken your own life. If God wasn't with you, you would probably be in some institution. If God wasn't with you, you'd be an alcoholic, you'd be a drug addict, you'd be doing something to numb the pain, but instead you're here in this room saying, thanks be to God who gives me the victory again and again and again and again. There's no problem that's bigger than Christ in you, the hope of glory. And every time he brings you through something that should take you out and you're still standing, you ought to say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for standing up inside of me when I couldn't stand for myself. And this is the thing that concerns me. Uh, if you can lend me that, bring me my phone. And I'm going to have a little interaction here. I'm almost finished. I have this wonderful device, uh, iPhone Pro 14. And some of you, you may, you know, you may have a Galaxy. Uh, 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 they, they're up in the numbers like Galaxy 30 or something like that. Uh, but my point is, is that this week, my mom, her phone was been giving her trouble for almost a year now, so finally she said, Brian, I need a new phone. And so I bought her a new iPhone. And, and so now my mom is 86 years old, and she's right here. Come on, Mom, could you just stand up and wave your hand so people... Okay. So that, so, you know, actually, not, I, I'm, not, I'm talking about a real person who's here, and she's been a blessing. But my mom, I bought her a phone, got her her phone, and all my mom cares about is taking calls and texting. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. But this phone can do more than text and make calls. So, people in the audience, tell me what else the device you hold in your hand can do. Play music? Pictures? Take pictures? Camera? Huh? Movies, okay. GP, yeah, GPS. What'd you say? Banking. 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 Yeah. Giving offerings. Yeah. Giving offerings. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What? Deposit checks. Yeah. Giving offerings. Yeah. Yes. Email. Shopping. Uber. Music, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, Dove. Yeah, DoorJazz. Offerings. Offerings. <laughs> Pay bills. Like, this, this, I mean, there's so many things. Play games. Yeah, read, who said that? 
Rick, come up here. C come up here. Come up here. She said, she said, read the Bible. Okay, come up here. Come up here, girl. It, it pays, it pays to go to church, okay? Oh, you have one more? Okay, gospel music. You really into that music. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Give offerings. Give offerings. Uh, give offerings. <laughs> give offerings. Anyways. So, it would be foolish for me to get a, let's say, I guess the new one is the iPhone uh, 15 Pro Max tit Titanium, and all I'm doing is making phone calls and texting. You'd be like, you spent all that money <laughs> for you to just text and call. And my point is, Jesus paid a great price on Calvary for you to just use the Holy Spirit in the church just for a hookah masanda and a higher. See, see, we're amongst family. And so when I say praise the Lord, it's easy to praise the Lord here because we're singing in the choir, but can you, the proof of the Holy Spirit is not in here. It's out there in the real world. How you handle conflict how you handle circumstances. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he will come alongside you. So I want to just give you three things that the Holy Spirit, how he comes alongside you. Number one, the Holy Spirit comes alongside you so that you can lean on him. You can lean on him. Uh, we sing that song, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What a peace is mine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27 says, The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms. You can lean on him when you're in trouble. You can lean on him. You see, I don't need to lean on God when I'm doing all right. I, I need to lean on him when I'm in trouble, when I am weak. And the Holy Spirit is something you can lean on. For example, come here, my wife. Okay. And then... If you don't mind, I'm going to borrow you next. Can I borrow you? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, so you can, you can sit here, okay? And you can watch this, okay? okay? So she has been along my side for, for 40 years this year. And so, so, and so, and so she knows me. And now I'm going to say, okay, wifey, 
Lady Common, I just want you to fall backwards and trust that when you fall backwards, I will catch you. On the count, on the count of three. Actually, let's move a little more closer so they can, the people online can see how I will not, I will not drop you. Okay, one, two, three. Okay. Okay. Now here's interesting. Now, have you noticed? She does not have. I'm, I'm her pastor. But it doesn't seem like she has the same level of trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you could turn around. And I am going to catch you. Okay? I, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you have a walk with the Holy Spirit that when he says, you can lean on me, there's no, are you sure you're there? When you, are, are, you, are you sure you're gonna pay this bill? Are you sure you're gonna, are, are you sure you're gonna keep my relationship? Are you gonna show you watch my kids? If, if, if you're doing this, you haven't been walking with him long enough. When you walk with him long enough, you can just fall into his arms because you know he is dependable. Here's the problem. The only way you can find out whether or not he's dependable is that you have to get into trouble. Everybody wants to be healed, but nobody wants to get sick. Everybody wants their need met, but nobody wants to be in need. <laughs> Everybody wants to read about a story about God and how he blessed, but nobody wants to be the story. You can't have a testimony without a test. How do you know God can keep you if you haven't been kept? Ooh, I am preaching. How do you know he can meet your need if you've never been needy? And every time God puts you in an opportunity where you need him, he's trying to grow your faith so that eventually when you walk with him, you don't even have to look back. You know he's there because he promised he would never leave you nor abandon you. Turn in and say, neighbor, stop looking back and walk by faith.
on November 3rd, Friday, at 8 o'clock, Night of Encounters, we're going to have a men-only prayer. Men-only prayer. Men-only prayer. I call it mop, because God's going to clean up some mess. God is going to answer prayer and do some things. It is time for God to be real in our lives. Second thing is, let me move fast. The Holy Spirit is a person who helps you when you are wounded. Mm. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, our merciful Father, the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. How many of you are witness that when you were broken, when you were wounded, the Holy Spirit was there for you to, to strengthen you? To, to, he, he, didn't, he didn't wipe away your tears so much as he sustained you through the wound while it was healing. People will wound you. Circumstances will wound you. Church people will wound you. But God is faithful to heal every wound through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, and this is one where I'm going to need your help. He will come to you as a trusted guide. Proverbs 3, verse 5, 6, Trust in the Lord in all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. John chapter 16, verse 13, I memorized this one because I needed it in my life. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, has come, that is the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but those things which he hears, that will he also speak. And he will show you. He will show you things to come. He'll show you whether to take that job or not take that job. He'll show you who to marry or not to marry. He'll show you who to go out with and not to go out with. He'll show you. He will show you who to hang out with and who not to hang out with. He will show you. If you ask him, he will guide you. Acts chapter 13 is my last scripture, verses 2, 3, and 4. One day, as these men, these prophets, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, a point, the Holy Spirit said, not God, the Holy Spirit says to Barnabas and Saul, who is now Paul, appoint them for the special work to which I, I, the Holy Spirit, he's God, I call them to do. So after fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on Paul, uh, Saul and Barnabas and sent them away. So Barnabas and Saul went out, sent out by the Holy Spirit. He will guide you. He will guide you on what jobs to take, on what schools to go to. He will guide you. He, he, he will get you into school that your brain says you can't get into. We got some witnesses in this church. He, he, he will guide you to get a house that you can't even afford. He will guide you to get a, to, to apply for a job that you're not even qualified for because he knows that he's already set it up. All you need to do is show up. So this is what I want to end with. 
Many of us have probably had opportunity to meet celebrities or a celebrity, whether you see them from afar or you get to meet them. And usually when you, when, you, when you see shows or you see a celebrity, the reason why they are a celebrity is because they've done something to be celebrated. And, you know, I've met certain celebrities, and even if, even if there's no applause for them, there's a rumbling, like, oh, such and such is here. Oh, such and such. Oh, that's him, or that's her. I want you to know that the greatest celebrity in the world right now is the Holy Spirit. And... I've decided in my own life what would happen if I would recognize the Holy Spirit as a person. This stuff is real. I was talking to a business uh, a man, CEO of a company, and they were sharing with me how, believe it, they were sharing with me how their business wasn't doing well financially. And I said, I said to this person, how about you officially now they don't have a christian business i said how about you verbally telling the holy spirit you are now a partner in my business well the business wasn't doing that well so what do you got to lose i said now this means this doesn't mean just saying holy spirit you're a part of my business this means that when you have meetings among your staff and executive, provide a seat for the Holy Spirit. And they did it. Because, see, it, some of you right now, you're desperate, but the desperate position that God has allowed you to put in, be put in is going to be one of your greatest victories. And this person, they had meetings where they invited the Holy Spirit. And what happened was the business turned around. And they went from losing income to being profitable. I'm telling you, when we treat the Holy Spirit like a person and not some ghost, not something, but when we treat him like a person, he will do more than just text and call. He will show up and he will show off because he does all things well. So, I made up my mind to, Lord, I'm going to treat the Holy Spirit like a celebrity. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he says, I will be where? In the middle. Meaning that if you make me the center of attraction, I'll perform. A.W. <laughs> Toza, uh, right in the 20th century, he said, there are too many churches that if the Holy Spirit left the service, we wouldn't even miss him because we can carry on with the stuff we do without him. So for the next minute, we're going to make this church a church that turns the Holy Spirit into a celebrity 
And by celebrity, I'm not talking about a worldly celebrity. I'm talking about someone to be celebrated. And we're going to give him an introduction. I am the master of ceremonies. And I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, among us is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's receive and celebrate the Holy Spirit. And Do you think I'm going to give the Holy Spirit that kind of introduction? Ladies, no, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am introducing to you the person Moses called Jehovah Jireh. The person, Abraham rather, called him Jehovah Jireh. The person that Moses called Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. David called him Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. Gideon called him Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. And Ezekiel just wrapped it all up and said, he's Jehovah Shammah. He's there when I need him. He's there in difficulty. He's there when I'm in hell. He's there when I'm in heaven. Let us receive the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Holy Spirit. Come on, 20 more seconds. Keep standing. There are baseball games. Now, some of you may not like baseball, but there are baseball games when a guy hits a home run and the crowd cheers. He goes into the dugout, but the crowd is so appreciative of what he does that they keep clapping until he comes back out for a curtain call. And so... Maybe the Holy Spirit's like, oh, shucks, guys. Because he's been so many places where he has not been invited. He's been so many places where people didn't care where he was there or not. And so let's give him a 20-second curtain call. Let's, let's see what he would do this week.
Now, we don't just praise him for who he is. Every one of you can think of something that the Lord has done that was worthy of praise. You just saw me introduce my mom. She's 86 years old. She's going to be 87 years old. Nine months, no. Six months before we were going to get married, my mom had, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Two years earlier, my grandmother died of breast cancer. And the devil started lying to my mom, said, you're not going to live to see Brian and Carmen get married. And so my mom had surgery, breast removal surgery. But by the grace of God, she had, she had no chemo. She had no medicine. And now, 41 years later, she's still in the house of the Lord. No, 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 no. That's what I'm praising God for. But I want you to think of something that God did for you that was worthy of a standing ovation. Maybe he bought you, maybe some of you were healed of a disease that the devil said, you have to, you have to, you have to lose your life. Maybe God restored a relationship. Maybe he got your job. Think about what God has done for you. Just last week, thank you, Jesus, just last week, uh, Pastor Robbie's father, who, who preached here two weeks ago, his, his father was diagnosed to have it with aneurysm, an aneurysm, and, and his mother died of, the, of an aneurysm. Uh, uh, grandmother died. And so we were praying. Some, and and he, some were thinking he was going to preach his last sermon two weeks ago. So we, we were praying. We've been praying with them because we're really close to them. We've been praying for over a month, every day, praying for Pastor Richard. Well, when the doctors went in, they couldn't find the aneurysm. They couldn't find it. So just 30 seconds. Think, if you're online, think of something that God did for you that was worthy of a standing ovation because if you praise him for what he did, he's going to do more. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Think of what he's done. Think of what he's done. I see you, Elder Leon. Think of what he's done. I see you, Sister Sandra. Think of what he's done. I see you. I see this. Think of what he's done. I see you, Elder Roy. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you, I see you Jerry. Think of what he's done. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Even this building is a miracle. Because he does real things. I told you during the pandemic, when people were losing their jobs and income was going down, God said, I'm going to use the pandemic to show you how real I am. And many of you know, we had a $635,000 mortgage to be paid over a number of years. And during the pandemic, I said during the pandemic, God raised $635,000. And this building, 
We are, we are debt free. We don't owe anything. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that window over there costs, that window, that window over there costs $70,000. That window over there costs $110,000. The window back there costs $190,000, and God provided every penny. So don't tell me to stop praising him, because I want him to do more. Ha! I want him to do more. As heads about and eyes are closed, I would be selfish if I did not allow you the opportunity who don't know this Jesus who will walk with you. Anybody can walk with you in good times. But this God will walk with you when times are tough. In your deepest grief, when you lose a loved one to death, he will still be with you. This isn't pie in the sky. This isn't if you accept Jesus Christ, nothing bad will happen to you. But what I can guarantee you is that he will never leave you. And, and, and there'll be times when you can't carry yourself and he will carry you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here and you say, I, I, I need to give my life to that Jesus that you've been talking about, Bishop. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you, were walk, you, used, to, you used to walk with Jesus. You used, to, you used to talk to him and be with him, but you turned your back on him. You're like, I'm done and... And you've hit some tough times and you, and you remember how good God has been to you. And, and you're saying to yourself, I need to give my life back to the Lord. Whether you've never given your life to Jesus or you're ready to give your life back to him. And he's not going to hold it against you because he's been waiting. Where, where you left him, he's been waiting for you to come back. We're not going to embarrass you, but his heads are bowed. And eyes are closed. If you're here and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you, can you, before we leave this place, could you just pray for me? I want to receive Jesus. If that's you, could you slip your hand up high? I'm the only one who's going to see it. I want to make sure I don't want to miss anybody. I want to miss anybody. Well, I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Put your hand up high so that way we know who. Um, yeah, I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Now, Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. And we're all going to pray this prayer so that you're not embarrassed because we're all praying the prayer. But this prayer is for those of you who, slip, who has your hands up because you're saying to God, God, I'm over here. See my hand. I'm over here. So everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord, and this is especially for those who are lifting their hand. Dear Lord, I come to you as a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Jesus, come on everybody, but Jesus, the Bible says, whoever calls on your name, you will rescue. And so Jesus, my hand is lifted. I'm asking you, come into my heart. Save me from my sin and make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Right now I know I am God's child. Come on, let's give God praise. Now, you slipped up your hand, and some material was given to you. Uh, if you need a Bible, 
go to the welcome team. Uh, we'll make sure you get a Bible to give you one. We just want to welcome you. You're not joining the church. You're joining Jesus. Uh, joining the church is a whole other process. Not that we don't want you. The point is, is that we want to let you know that it's joining, giving your life to Jesus that counts. Praise the Lord. I'm going to, at this church, we don't give a closing prayer. We give a closing blessing. And blessings are to be received. So if you could put your hands out to receive the blessing. Is there anything I need to announce before I leave? I know there is a reception for women. Women only. Women only. Uh, downstairs. And so please, women, even if you didn't register, you are welcomed. As we are starting back up uh, our, our community of women gathering together. Amen. So... Put your hands out, and I want to bless you uh, with a blessing that is found in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11, and it's based on Paul's words to the church of Collis. May God fill you with the knowledge of his will this week. May God give you wisdom and understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit this week. May the Lord help you to live and walk throughout your life in a way that is worthy of him this week. May the Lord help you to be fruitful, that is producing good results in every good work you do this week. May the Lord help you to keep growing, increasing in your knowledge of him and our Lord Jesus Christ this week. May the Lord strengthen you with all might according to his glorious power so that you have all the patience and endurance you need for this week. May God help you to find your true identity in Christ alone and not have your identity in the things you have or what you do. May the Lord God regularly fill you with all joy, giving him thanks and appreciation for his enabling power. And finally, and I took this one from Isaiah, may God bless you this week to see the new thing God is doing in your life. For now it springs forth. May God bless you to perceive it, to know it, to give heed to it, to pay attention to the new thing that he does for you this week. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I received that blessing. Have an amazing week. God bless you.